Warning, the Return to Snake Land podcast has elements of sexual abuse, rape, murder, and suicide. If there is any possibility of triggering, please listen with caution. Time to return to Snakeland. I'm Jason Gusman, and this is Lucky Episode 13, in which we explore a culture which allowed multiple sexual predators to thrive in the Kenmore West teaching staff. Aaron, you know, we 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 had gone back and forth about the idea of uh, including this in the podcast because, like yeah. the uh, the specific actions um, that that uh, well that the lawsuits are eventually filed for all occurred in the um the 1970s. Right, correct. Right, which which we don't which we haven't been we haven't been touching. It's just been beyond our scope. You know, it's been mostly 1985 to 1986 or just, you know, uh barring that the 1980s in general. Right. Um but in this case, both sexual predators identified in the lawsuits we're going to be discussing taught and coached at Kenmore West throughout the 1980s. I believe both of them ended up uh, retiring before the, the mid-90s. Yeah. I, I, yeah, honestly, I think I think that uh, that shakes out. So we've t- discussed them. And the one coach that I knew, you know, from my mm-hmm. days at Kemmer West, he was, he was creepy. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, one might even say, if we're talking about the same one, a sadistic. But uh, yeah, right. Yeah, there's a there's a there's 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 a lot more to it than uh, than than obviously than we have access to here as far as the, uh, you know, the formal articles. But we look for evidence as far as this continuing into the 1980s with with these two uh, these two predators or even other other predators, you know, just even just uh, regular teachers and not coach teachers, which both of these, both of these individuals were. And we got a lot of sighting of like, you know, being lecherous and inappropriate and, right. you know, ogling, you know, the, you know, the young women, which is, which is all unacceptable, but it doesn't uh, compare to the stories that have been recounted here in these articles. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it kind of goes into deeper, which we'll probably talk at by the end of this when we've finish these articles just the the general culture and what how society stood at that time mm. and how a lot of people turn blind eye when absolutely. they see something wrong you know sure sure no 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 i know i absolutely agree so yeah no and we'll definitely we'll definitely talk about that and see if that has any relation to uh the culture of kenmore as a whole but mm. In the meantime, uh, we're going to start with the basics here, which and actually a a relatively well-written article in the Buffalo News on uh, July 8th, 2018. uh, Writer is Mackie Becker. Forty years later, scars of abuse at Kenton remain for two women. It was more than 40 years ago. Maggie George was a student in the Kenmore Town of Tonawanda School District when, she said, she had a long-term inappropriate relationship with a teacher at her high school. At the time, she thought of it as a love story. She never considered him a boyfriend, but loved the attention he gave her. Now 61, George sees what happened to her as emotional and sexual abuse And, inspired by the Me Too movement, decided a few months ago to report what happened to the school district. 
she also shared her story with the Buffalo News. I've got a lesson for others to learn, George said. She is not the only one. A second woman, Lorna Berry, now 59, has come forward to the school district in the news about an inappropriate sexual relationship she had with a different teacher at the same high school that started when she was 16 and went on for years after she graduated. Neither woman reported their allegations while they were students, but both said that years later, as adults, they tried to report the teachers. Nothing was done. Earlier this year, when George came forward to her old school district, they listened. Based on the allegations, I don't care if it happened last week or 40 years ago, it's disturbing, said Kenmore Tonawanda Superintendent Stephen Bovino, who was appointed to his position in 2017. But there's a limit to what a school district can do, Bovino said, with so many years having passed. The teachers the women named have long since retired. Statutes of limitations would prevent any criminal charges from being filed. It's a quandary many institutions face. What do you do about decades-old accusations? Okay, so this is the same article, uh, a naive and unworldly kid. Lorna Berry was 16 years old and a junior during 1974 and 1975 academic school year when the alleged sexual contact began, began with her coach, who was also her teacher. She told the district and the news. Berry's father died when she was five. She thinks she was searching for a father figure and the coach who recognized her talent as an athlete. In my junior year, I pulled my hamstring muscle during training, she said. He would take me into a small room in the field house and massage my strained muscle, she told the news. The massages turned to fondling and kissing, she said. She said the teacher also had her touch him. I was shocked. I'm going I'm to pause you right there, Aaron. Um, mm-hmm. Just just to clarify, it, it seems strange that even in 2018 that they'd be like utilizing euphemisms like she said the teacher also had her touch him. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that this is talking about touching his penis. But, you know, again, right. we're, we're going to have to just assume that because the clarity is lacking. But well, yeah, I apologize. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a family, family publication. <laughs> So I was, uh, she goes on, continues, I was in shock and totally confused and terrified, Barry said. The teacher told me I was special, that I was a beauty, and he was going to help me realize all of my dreams. I was a naive and unworldly kid. I respected him as an authority figure and a coach. So I just gave in, and I did as he said and accepted what what he was doing to me. The touching turned to intercourse. She said the sexual incidents continued through the summer into her senior year when she was 17. She said the teacher assaulted me in his car, in his basement, in his home office, and his parents' home, and the pool around the corner from where he lived. She said there were several incidents on school property. I loathed myself, she said. I was absolutely disgusted by what was happening, but she said she craved her teacher's approval. Another former student who asked to remain anonymous accused the same teacher of forcibly kissing her against her will in the locker room in June 1985 when she was 17, a senior. She said that she reported the incident to the district. Two of the former students also reported witnessing inappropriate behavior by the same Canton teacher in the 1970s and 1980s. The news contacted the accused teacher at his home in Florida on June 2nd. He declined to speak on the record at the time, but arranged to speak by June 5th. The news made multiple attempts to reach him again, but he did not return calls. So basically, with with this uh, with with this teacher, pretty much that they're not identifying him at, at this point because also uh, there there are no there's there's nothing legal filed. So they've got to be really careful about about what they say at this point. Um, sure. Yeah. But they, we do have incidents here from the 1980s, you know, other students witnessing inappropriate behavior and one experiencing it. So at the very least, this is not something that uh, this individual had some sort of learning experience from, you know, just kind of, you know, 
you know, more or less, uh, you know, ruining this lady's the you know, first first part of her life. But, you know, that again, you know, we may be looking at that much more further out now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely seems like be a pattern of abuse. So mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. maybe this is the first time we don't really know of this this teacher. But secondly, right. it's odd, not odd, but it's, I guess, standard fare that they look for the students that don't have a father figure at home. Maybe they're not having the, the same type of parenting that a standard family at the time would have. Oh, sure. So uh, so they prey upon that. Absolutely. No, I think I think that's an excellent point. Um, when was when was it that um, uh, Miss Miss Barry's father died? I think it was. Yeah. When she was five. five. So. so she lived you know, pretty much her whole life with, literally without a father. So I could certainly see um, her being very vulnerable. Correct. To, to yeah. That, that sort of grooming. So, yeah, right, right. Um, but uh, next up, it's uh, robbed of a normal high school experience. Maggie George said the relationship with her teacher started when he noticed her at a school dance. She was 14 and a half, a sophomore. Jeez. Jesus. And uh, that's so terrible. Yeah, no, it's awful. And it, really, any age that you're at where you have to add the half yeah, is not even... far too young. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um. And she learned he had asked some girls about her. He was 27. She said a few days later, the teacher asked her to play one-on-one basketball, then drove her to the Buffalo Zoo parking lot where he repeatedly tried to kiss her. He was begging me to kiss him, George said. She was taken aback, but she also liked the attention she recalled. Like Barry, and like you just mentioned, Darren, her father had died. Mm. George said she was 11 when her father died of a heart attack in her arms. Oh my God. That's pretty severe. Yeah. It is. And maybe, and maybe it's, it's, it's a pretty tangential uh, connection, but I have to make it just because I was, I was triggered by the, um, the reference to the heart attack, which is Kathy Harold. Yeah. You know, with, no, with I, her, I, with her father dying at, uh, she was 14. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, as far as, Again, you know, what, you know, conjecture is saying that that it was it was some sort of uh, male in her life um, that uh, that there was some sort of a romantic connection with. At least, you know, we've we uh, we believe at this point, um, you know, it definitely kind of falls in line. It's just that obviously, you know, Kathy was murdered and that's a whole different story. So, right. But admit, notice the same age appropriation when we talk mm-hmm. about last episode about N. The the, the mm-hmm. uh, being twenty five twenty six, and sure, this this sure. person was twenty seven. Absolutely, no, no, no. Yikes. I, I, th- I think Yikes. you're absolutely right. Yeah, no, Yikes. it's 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 the it's the kind of thing that points to no no matter what else was done, but it it definitely it definitely points to you know complete obvious inappropriateness, but also yeah. just a just a total uh, disregard for you know the law societal norms you know, whatever you want to, you want to call it. Exactly. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. It left her withdrawn. The teacher stopped his physical advances at least for a while, but she said he continued to pay an unusual amount of attention to her. They would sit and talk for hours and also play tennis. She said in the summer at the end of her junior year, when she was 16, she said the teacher coaxed her to jump in the pool one day with her clothes on. George said he touched her breasts and then he put her hand on him. Once again, put her hand on him. We're going to assume that they are referring yeah. to his penis. Okay. Yes. That is not what a teacher is supposed to be doing, George remembered thinking. I froze. At that moment, a custodian walked into the pool area and George remembered the teacher saying something to him. Yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> just... You know, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to shit on custodian because there are actually a lot of really decent men and women that are custodians that are they're not creeps. But right. <laughs> it, right. it pushes the, the weird custodian thing. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. But even beyond that, it's too. It's uh, it's, uh, you know, George uh, at, at that point, you know, just I mean, whatever, whatever the teacher said, I mean, because, you know, unfortunately, there is that that thing with 
you know, the custodial staff and the teaching staff and that sort of thing. And you have these, you know, these, uh, these, these levels that, you know, could have been threatening, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, I mean, you know, at the time that, uh, that Maggie George wouldn't have any idea sure. of what exactly that, uh, that she was, uh, that she was remembering, you know, right, very, right. if anything. So after that incident, George said she tried to keep her distance but the teacher continued to pay attention to her, and she was still drawn to him. She said she didn't go to her prom because he didn't want her to. Oh, my God. That's so bad. <laughs> that's just sure. like, yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just wrong. Oh, sure. And I mean, I, and again, I, I'm, I'm probably, uh, you know, guilty of, you know, some sort of uh, gender, you know, judgment, you know, here. But um, it seems for, for uh, a young girl like that would be. That much worse, or that much more. Sure, obvious something you look forward of, to. Yeah, you right. look forward to going right. to the prom. You know, especially senior prom, and then they're like, "No, I don't want you to go." Like, what? Yeah. <sighs> very controlling, very jealous, mm-hmm. uh, very, very inappropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the day of her high school graduation, George said the teacher found her after the ceremony and asked her to come meet him at his property five days later. She said she did, and they had sex. She was no longer a student and was now 17, which was the legal age of consent. She acknowledged that there were only a few physical encounters, but she now believes the attention he lavished on her was inappropriate and manipulative. You think? (laughs) Jeez, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, it does need to be said. You know, I mean, it's just, it just, in, in a lot of these cases, you know, you still, you have to just beat people over the head with this stuff. It's like, oh, she was 17, you know, pfft, you know, what was, so what was so wrong? Well, you know, I mean, have you really ever, you know, looked at a 17 year old, you yeah. know, recently? Yeah. Or, and especially your daughter is 17, you know, and, for, and, for and then if you're 27, 28 or however this guy was at this time, Jeez. yeah, it's like, it's, you're light years apart. No, absolutely. Absolutely. In terms of, yeah, in terms of everything, you know, just like, you know, um, you know, level of maturity, vulnerability, you know, ability to be manipulated, you know, that sort of that sort of thing. So absolutely. George wrote, because of him, I was robbed of a normal high school experience that I could look back on with any semblance of fond memory. She wrote Mm -hmm. the guilt and shame I felt were overpowering at times, as is typical of childhood sex abuse victims. I spent years blaming myself for the abuse, feeling guilty and ashamed and viewing myself negatively. The teacher George accused of sexually abusing her denied knowing George and refused any other comment to the news. It was uh, true love. It was true love. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He will be. Uh, he'll be uh, changing his tune later on. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But not even so much. Uh, so much to to really help himself. But we'll, we'll cover that when we get to it. The article continues. Previous attempts to report. Neither women reported the incidents while they were students but both said they tried to. Barry said she sent a handwritten letter to the district many years ago, possibly in the 1990s. She said she met with the administrators at her old high school. While the teacher she had the relationship was still there, but nothing happened after that. She also said that she reached out to the local newspapers, including the news. I never heard anything back from anyone, she said. George said she reported her situation to the Canton School District in the fall of 1998 after learning the teacher may have been involved with another student. She learned at the time that the teacher had retired. She said the person she talked to at the district, she doesn't know the name of the person, said that an attorney would get back to her. I never heard from anyone, she said. George and Barry said they've been in contact with state education officials who said that their cases will be investigated but any outcome could take years. Both women said that while their memories are painful, they've moved on with their lives and are happy now. But they want people to understand that what happened caused long-lasting damage and took them years to come to grips with. Barry said she and George were inspired by the Me Too movement, but don't want people to think they were just jumping on the bandwagon. I don't want the attention, she said. I don't want anything out of it other than for him and people like him to be stopped. The women want to keep other girls and boys from going through what they did for teachers and administrations to take action when they notice a colleague paying too much attention to a student. 
And they want people to not be afraid to come forward. For all of you who are still keeping your decades-old stories inside of you, George wrote in an email, I hope you find peace. Forgive yourself for not protecting yourself. What did we know? We were children. I'm okay now. Please be okay too. So that's pretty, uh, it's pretty moving. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, and, and again, I mean, I think, I think the, one of the important things about this whole story is just that, you know, it is, it is a story of, uh, of essentially, um, and maybe taking years, you know, in or, in order to get to that point, but yeah. finding a place inside yourself where you're able to, uh, report this, where you're able to make people believe you, where you're able to, and, and in the case of, of these two, like actually stand up and, and say it on, on television and the radio. And like the article says, you know, it took them years of dealing with basically blaming themselves. And as she points out in the end, they were children. They had no, they had no frame of reference to any of this. And then it was thrown at them. And they didn't know how how to deal with that kind of uh, advancement. It's not like, sure. you know, falling in love with, a, a you know, a, a boy from the class, you know, and, right. you know, you're both right. trying to figure out who you are and, you know, dating and all that stuff. That's a different story. We're talking about Absolutely. some yeah. an older man who has it sounds like they've been through some sort of some form of this before because they've they've figured out how to manipulate these girls. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, and, and they're using that and they're weaponizing it against them. So, uh, mm-hmm. it, but it takes courage to do what they're doing. And, and like, as she says, you know, you, some of these other women, I'm supposedly, uh, would have decade old stories inside them. And that, mm-hmm. that's hard. That's really hard to live with because a lot of them probably blame themselves, but it's really not, it's not them. Yeah. And, no. And it's it's a stigma we keep putting on women. I and I I never understood it, but it's it's like was like you know oh she knew what she was doing, did she? Yeah, you know yeah. That's, that's such a bullshit thing to do. No, of course, of course, and and unfortunately, and, and Aaron, I mean, I, I think I think your uh, your viewpoint on it is, is is well well taken. You know, people people talk about you know like the uh, the nineteen seventies and what it was like. Things were free spirited, and the the rules weren't quite as. Uh, constricting or whatever but Mm -hmm. um the fact is there's always going to be a difference between a 17 year old having sex with a 17 year old or a 16 year old having sex with a 16 year old that's really that kind of just falls under a different category what we're talking about is a 17 year old end up having sex with a 26 year old right huge difference huge difference right um yeah, I mean, because like the the first that we discussed, I mean, this is this is essentially just like, um, in a lot of cases, just a you know a learning experience. It's something that, again, you may not you know wish for your son or daughter, but the fact is, is that it's going to happen. People have been trying to prevent teenage sex since long before we were born, right. and it right. didn't work, and it doesn't work now. But we can help to prevent this type of manipulation and this type of just kind of hate to use the term, but sick behavior. Yeah. And, and not just that. I mean, I mean, here we have that, the one, you know, teacher who's telling her not to go to the prom because that's, he's that type of (laughs) controlling individual. Yeah. So he's, he's definitely, you be preying on, preying on her on how, you know, how she lives her life and, and that he wants her all to himself. Right. Right. I mean, I think I think what you may be getting at is that this is this is not an issue of attraction. You know, this is not an issue of, you know, of of falling for somebody or anything like that or even something lustful. I mean, this is basically being manipulated specifically. And in this case, in a non-sexual it's, way, it's just it's, about it's, you're it's not power. going to the problem. It's, it's, yeah. it's about power. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In the same sense that rape and other forms of sexual abuse are about power. This next piece, however, uh, even though it, it, it comes before 
the the filing of of the uh, the lawsuits against these two individuals, um, it becomes very apparent very quickly that the individual referenced as uh, living in Florida is identified at this point with the uh, the murder suicide. Right. New details in apparent murder suicide in Florida involving former Western New York residents. Uh, this was this was actually from uh, WIVB, local uh, television station. It's uncredited transcript uh, from October 4th, 2018. So this would be, give or take, like three months since the article where uh, Lorna Berry and Maggie George uh, accused their, uh, their abusers. Authorities in Florida are still investigating what happened after two Western New York residents were found dead in an apparent murder-suicide in Sun City Center. They both died of gunshot wounds. Joseph Sutton, 74, and Karen Sutton, 73, were found dead in their home after a neighbor heard a gunshot and called police. Joseph was a graduate turned long-term teacher in the Kenton School District. Karen was a physical education teacher in the Hamburg Central School District. Leaders with the district say Joseph Sutton worked as a physical education teacher and coached sports for decades. He taught at Franklin Middle School from 70 to 71, Kenmore West from 71 to 1990, and back at Franklin Middle School from 1990 to 1998. One wonders if that transfer back from Kenmore West to Franklin Middle was on purpose after that letter that she sent. Well, you know, I mean, that's that's a good question right there. Um, it definitely reflects like what we know about how the uh, the Catholic Church, for instance, would move priests around. You right. know, when, when it when a scandal evidenced itself, yep. and who knows? Maybe it was a different a different uh, scandal in the morning. You know, because it had been many years, and and God knows, you know, there's a distinct possibility that both of these individuals are working in patterns. Over mm-hmm. the course of their lives, the, you know, this may not be that the end of the story, whether it gets told or not. But anyway, the sheriff's office in the Florida County say they have no record of any previous calls to the home. The Hillsborough County Medical Examiner's Office says Karen suffered multiple gunshot wounds to the heart, lungs and liver. And Joseph's gunshot wound was to his head. They have not released any further information, except that it's still under investigation. The murder-suicide was the fifth in the Tampa Bay area in a five-day period. I, I'm just I'm going to touch on that real quick, just before we get to the the more important parts. But um, you know, where are you living? Where where are you living that you know there's there's a five murder-suicides in a five-day period? Even Florida. Kenmore couldn't come close to that. So Florida. Lawyers <laughs> bonkers from what to i've be, been told to be to be obvious yeah 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 you're right you're right sure sure uh but yeah here we get into the so mm-hmm. uh sutton mm-hmm. joe uh, joe sutton was a gym teacher i had and he was that i he also was a, had so, he was yeah. a creep I'm just, mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I didn't know anything of this. I, I was too young, and I probably couldn't even wrap my brain around it. But at the time, he was either. Like, I didn't like him then, and I really don't like him now. <laughs> it's, he was he was uh, he was a uh, he was awful. I mean, like, look, I mean, I was bookish and nerdy, you know. I mean, I wasn't exactly predisposed to like gym teachers, but I I, I hated this guy, and. Um, had even more reason later. Uh, whichever, I, I honestly can't remember uh, the men's team or the young men's team that he uh, that he coached. But uh, Sutton used to uh, uh, sick them on the uh, the swim team in the locker room oh, after after they were all done practicing. Right, right, and, uh, right. and he just uh, I don't I don't know why the the swim team coach didn't put a stop to this, but he basically just just set them on just to. Just to just to beat him up in the uh, the locker room, which is um, fucked up. You know, yeah, very 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 fucked up. Yeah, um, that, that's for sure. And and I and then we get into actually what he did to his wife. Yep. Which yep. is like it wasn't just like one shot. Like, oh no, he and, hit... and, and and not that you could even like excuse that. Right, right. But, but this is multiple th- shots. 
Oh yeah, well, no, think think about that for a second, and and just the the and we we have so much to unpack with this, unfortunately. But the very idea of okay, someone someone who shoots someone in these three major organ systems knows that they are not going to survive. Okay, mm, yeah. heart, lungs, and liver. You're not surviving that. And then he takes the shotgun to his head. Okay, but the thing is, is that. And I've been, I've been kind of wrestling this for for a, for a while, Aaron. Is just what do you think? I mean, do you think it was just? I can understand the idea of, you know, again, the Buffalo News has been calling Sutton, and they're saying that, um, you know, this 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 woman is is making these these accusations against you. You know, mm-hmm. um, right. are you going to talk to us? And you know, he he puts them off for a while, but the fact is, if he thinks she's going to be exposed. Finally, for 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 this or for other other uh, sexual abuse uh, accusations, you know, in in the future, I get him killing himself. Okay, which also which flies in the face of everything that Sutton was ever about. You know, he was the kind of person that would call suicides cowards. Okay, mm-hmm. and which is fitting because he's a fucking coward. But why his wife? Why does so, he kill his wife? My thought is one of two things happened. One, one was he didn't want her to get wind of any of this, or or maybe she did, and he was just so guilt guilt stricken for what he'd done. Or this has been a long time uh, contentious uh, area in their in their lives that maybe Karen knew that some of the stuff had been leveled against him or people said stuff to her okay. and and okay. i mean I, this is just me conjecture I don't no know no no that's it. understood but i'm thinking you know this is a long time and then she's like she's getting the phone calls and leaving messages because i'm sure they have the uh the the traditional answering machine because they're 70 some years old <laughs> and, right. and she's hearing the buffalo <laughs> news calling and she's like what is this about now and she looks mm-hmm. into it and it's like holy shit no, you make a good point. It very well this this entire incident may not have been planned. You know, I mean it just it may it may have been like again, like they got she got another phone call and she was threatening to leave or something and then he he killed her in a particularly disgusting and craven way. And, and let's say he and this guy point, this guy's this guy is very controlling, right? Undoubtedly. Yeah, yeah. And then he offs himself, which is, you know, of course, as it should be. But the fact is that it is it is sad, you know, that that uh, that Karen Sutton had to uh, had to be murdered uh, by him, you know, as 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 part of this already tragic story. With with, with that said, I mean, it's like this. This is particularly ugly. And, And frankly, it's it's much uglier because. Uh, much, much uglier because of uh, Karen Sutton being being taken out in this manner. I could give a flying fuck about uh, Joe Sutton or right. you know what he thought about any of this, frankly. So, right, right. I mean, obviously, it's just tragic, and this is just when this came when this came out. Like, I remember, you know, hearing about the accusations, and you know, there was no names given, and you're just like, mm-hmm. okay, that's uh, that kind of that all works out in my head. But then right. when I, when I heard the story about Sutton, like, you know, a couple, like maybe a week or so afterward, I was like, well, okay, now it really makes sense. Well, you get, you get, for me, it was basically, it was, it was, I, I'd gotten, you know, the, uh, posted on Facebook, of course, uh, the article about, uh, Sutton and, and mm-hmm. his wife. And then, um, People started posting the older article where Sutton isn't identified by name, but right. it's pretty apparent the gym teacher from fucking Kenmore West, who is now in Florida, you know, and being called about this stuff. So that uh, makes sense. Uh... Next article is titled Not Just Priests, Former Students Suing Kenton Over Teacher Sex Abuse. And this is by Mackie Becker, Buffalo News, September 27th, 2019. It's not just priests being accused. Since the Child Victims Act went into effect, dozens of lawsuits have been filed in the western New York against public school districts by former students who said their teachers or other students' school staff sexually abused them as minors. 
Joining those ranks are two women who attended Kemore West High School in the Kemore Town of Tonawana School District when they were being abused by different teachers for more than four decades ago. Maggie George, who graduated from the high school in 1974, and Lorna Berry, who graduated two years later, said they filed lawsuits Friday against the school district. George said she was molested by her teacher, Joseph Sutton, who died with his wife last year in a murder-suicide. Barry said that she was sexually abused by her track coach, teacher Michael Indian. They are not suing the teachers themselves, although complainants identified their alleged abusers by name. The women said that the district should have done more to prevent the teachers from abusing them. I believe the school district is not being upfront, George told the Buffalo News. They're still covering it up. I want transparency. I want exposure. There are so many people who knew so much. Both women said they did not report the alleged abuse while they were students. Experts in child abuse say it's common for victims to wait years, if not decades, before reporting it. George and Barry said they made attempts to alert the district about the alleged abuse in the 1990s, but nothing was done. Since the law was signed in February, we have been hearing from survivors who were abused by teachers, counselors, coaches, and others in, in their schools, said attorney Stephen Boyd. Sadly, we've also learned that in some instances that this is a part of school culture, particularly with high schools, everyone knew it was happening. There was look-the-other-way culture in these schools despite their legal obligations to report these predators and moral obligation to protect the children, said Leah Costanzo, a partner at Boyd Firm. The second lawsuit against Indian is won by an unnamed plaintiff. On Thursday, Canton officials released a statement about George and Barry's cases, saying that the district is aware of the serious concerning allegations regarding the conduct by former members of the district staff at the time of their employment approximately 40 years ago. Well, now they do. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Now they're in trouble, so now they got to say something. Well, and also one thing you're gonna you're gonna notice. I, I don't remember if it was in the uh, the first article from the news, but it seems like every time that Kentown officials are releasing a statement about uh, Maggie George and Lorna Berry's lawsuit or you know accusations or whatever, they they always make a point of saying that it was approximately forty years ago. Like right. you know, just like just making that you know, just hammering that home that this has nothing to do with us. This has nothing to do with our current teachers. This happened a million years ago. You can never even imagine. So we're talking lawsuits because the institution institutions have strangely enough, even though people move on from the jobs and retire, it has a culture and the memory continues through the culture. And it's like sometimes it's a good old boy system or whatever you mm -hmm. might say, but mm -hmm. it pervades and people look the other way or they know oh, it's just boys being boys or whatever. Right. So, Right, most definitely. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, Maggie George in, the, in this next section. George told the Buffalo News that she was 14 and a half and a sophomore when a physical education teacher, Sutton, noticed her at a school dance. He was 27. So gross. On the day of her high school graduation, George said the teacher found her after the ceremony and asked her to come meet him at his property five days later. She said she did and they had sex. She was no longer a student and now... 17, the legal age of consent. She acknowledged that there were only a few physical encounters, but she now believes the attention he lavished on her was inappropriate and manipulative. Last year, when he was reached by phone, Sutton denied knowing George and refused any other comment to the news. Coincidentally, on September 28, 2018, Sutton and his wife died in a murder-suicide in Florida. Authorities said Sutton shot his wife multiple times before shooting himself at their winter home in Sun City Center. The next part here, we have Laura Berry's story. Berry said she was 16 when Indy, her track coach, who also was a teacher, began having sexual contact with her. She said sexual uh, incidents continued through the summer and into her senior year when she was 17. She told the news, Indian insulted me in his car, in his basement, in his home office, in his parents' home, in the pool around the corner where he, where he lived, she said. There were several incidents on school property. In emails to the news Thursday and last year, he denied having an affair with Barry while she was in high school, but acknowledged that their long-term relationship started when she was on the track team. There was nothing on the high school track team beyond some affectionate hugging at the end of the season, he said, and that their full physical relationship started after she, uh, after she left her first husband. 
I take responsibility for my behavior and I very humbly apologize for any and all offensive behavior. I was young, inexperienced, and naive and did not always make the right choices. And for that, I'm very sorry. At the time, I've made many more right choices and became a very good teacher and coach, she said. I don't know. Oh, oh yeah. I'm just holding my tongue here, baby. So, yeah. <laughs> all, all this happened over 40 years ago during the 1970s, a very socially turbulent era where closer personal contact was more acceptable, he wrote. Indian said Barry was raped in her dorm room while at college by someone else and then came to him. Barry denied that. The only one that raped me was him, Indian, she said. Barry Okay. Yeah. That. Okay. Now I think we can kind of. We can kind of stop for a second and just reflect upon uh, what's what's uh, what's been given us here. OK, this this first piece of the um, of the apology, if you can call it an apology, is that it's it's already awful. It's already really bad um, in the sense that, you know, OK, I very humbly apologize for any and all offensive behavior. I was young. Were you? I mean, because I think you were actually like what, like 27 was that yeah. it? You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, inexperienced and naive, maybe not as inexperienced and naive as, let's just say, a 16 year old girl. Right. And did not always make the right choices. And for that, I'm very sorry. OK. Oh. At the same time, I made many more right choices and became and was a very good teacher and coach. So All I did was know, murder that one person. <laughs> Right. I mean, that, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even though even though, you know, it's like I am a disgusting statutory rapist. I was a very good teacher and coach. So, you know, eh, some good, some bad. One from yeah. column A. It's a mixed bag. B. It's a mixed bag. Yeah. And that's the problem is like all the stuff is like you're taught from an early age things that are just not acceptable. And it's and especially if you're going to school for education. I don't know if they ever talk about it, but I mean, I'm sure they have to say something like, hey, keep your hands off the students. You know, <laughs> of course, they. I, I would be I would think that would be like a prime thing, maybe but not in 1970s or when he was going through school, in 1960s. But I would assume that had to be discussed yeah, like, at some like point. the first the first week. They're yeah. going to touch on that, really. Yeah. So, right. yeah, that 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 sort of thing. get to the next atrocity all of this happened over 40 years ago again 40 years ago mm -hmm. during the 1970s a very socially turbulent era when closer personal contact was more acceptable he wrote free love um, yeah that's not um, that's not what they that's not what they meant michael yeah no no uh socially turbulent would be like let's say the civil rights struggle at the end of the 60s and early 70s sure. not you trying to you know fuck a teenager Right. So it just, um, yeah, just just the fact that this is this is being utilized as any kind of any kind of argument, um, again, is is bad. But we've got we go from, uh, you know, like bad to worse to unimaginable. Uh, Indian said Barry was raped in her dorm room while at college by someone else. And then she came to him. Yeah, right. That's how their relationship started was. Uh, she was raped by someone else. And so that now, now I, now I want to be with my coach. Yeah, no, I don't think that works that sure. way. Well, the article continues here. It says Barry acknowledged that their relationship continued as adults, but was adamant that the sexual contact began when she was 16. Barry said coming forward publicly last year was difficult, but that it helped her feel more empowered. She hopes that, uh, helps other survivors of child sex abuse. All I ever wanted to do was to make it so he couldn't victimize other girls. Honestly, I wanted people to know his name and what kind of monster he was, she said. I hope people don't think badly of me because I spent 45 years thinking worse than they could possibly think of myself. Yeah. So, that's... I mean, that's and, and that's it, that's a problem. It's like you, you suffer from abuse and you think awful things of yourself that, that you're at at fault and that you're at that 16. You're just you just don't have the uh, the tools to to deal with those kind of things. Right. I, I uh, personally, I mean, like, I mean, I, I obviously didn't have to deal with any kind of, um, you know, so an, an attempt by an adult woman teacher, 
you know, doing doing that that to me. But I will say that at 16 years old, I mean, if you told me enough times that the sky was green, you know, I'd probably believe you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It just that, you know, I was easily manipulated and incredibly naive. Mm-hmm. And to even think that that, um, you know, that a young I mean, don't get me wrong. There are young women of that age who would be able to, you know, refuse that manipulation and refuse that that kind of grooming. But there are a great many more that wouldn't. And I think, you know, the, the very idea of blaming a 16 or even a 17 year old, I know that it's legal at that point. But, you know, I'm, I'm not even that crazy about 18 at some yeah, point. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's, it's getting kind of on this like slippery slope kind of thing. You got it. Pal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So abuse uh, survivors speak out. Uh, by a fellow named Mark Gashgarian from Spectrum News, uh, September 27th, 2019. And the section here, uh, both women said friends and adults who knew about or saw the abuse kept it to themselves. They said a former union rep at the school looked the other way when the alleged abuse occurred. And and this is this is the uh, this is the rep being quoted. And I never reported it to anyone. So I was part of the problem. It was a crime. What they were doing was a crime. And then they were put back in the classroom. That's at least honest. That's my thing is that I, you know, obviously it's not good, you know, what she didn't do. But I got to say that I really I really want to give her credit for being honest. I mean, and this was part this was taken from that that press conference that uh, Maggie George and Lorna Berry had with their lawyer um, and this, this Linda Ulrich Hogner person, you know, that, that at the bare minimum that she's owning up to the fact that uh, she was wrong and she stood up there with them. So it's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to give her um, a load of trouble about this, but I do think that what we're looking at here is this is reflective of the culture as a whole. And, and this next article we have here listed is uh, talks about the culture. Um, this mm. article's titled "Child Victims Act Reveal Public Schools Culture Problem of Sexual Abuse" by Charles Speck, and this is September twenty seventh, twenty nineteen. It was a culture that uh, perpetuated sexual abuse, a culture that left victims feeling silenced, and a culture where people in positions of authority could have stood up and said something to stop the abuse, but often didn't the the survivors giving those descriptions aren't talking about the catholic church but rather public schools throughout western new york there was definitely a culture problem at kenmore in the 1970s and 1980s boyd says we don't know why kenmore was such a problem but kenmore is a huge problem and i can tell you that niagara falls is just as big the big reason why why we cited this article is because the discussion of there being a directly referred to as a culture problem at Kenmore in the 70s and the 1980s. Sure. So, right. So that this was this was acknowledged as continuing, whether or not that has to do with the other lawsuit. Uh, the accuser isn't named in that case, but there is a second accuser, apparently. Right. Um, against Indian which would be unsurprising considering how unapologetic he is about his behaviors, but that this is something that goes beyond just a couple of coaches. You know, there's, that there's something else there, but you know, he goes on, we don't know why Kenmore is such a problem, but Kenmore is a huge problem. I don't, I don't know. You know, again, we're, we're still, we're still kind of struggling with the idea that is it that Kenmore is such a big problem or the culture in general was such a big problem, you know, that that sort of thing. He does go on to say, I can tell you that Niagara Falls is just as big, but we're not touching that one. That's somebody else's podcast. I mean, you know, we bring right, you know, that's like, the yeah. Niagara Falls podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we got we got nothing there. I mean, God knows there's gotta be more than enough <laughs> for Yeah, no, there's for, some crazy stuff in Niagara Falls. If you want to start a podcast on that, go please right ahead. Do. Your listeners will be very pleased. But um that aspect as is, is being really um really important. I don't, I don't know, you know, just, just yet, you know, uh, what that culture problem was. I mean, was it people like the, uh, you know, the union rep who just didn't, didn't do anything? I mean, was that essentially the entire problem or was it something like what 
in a sense, uh, Indian talks about as being of the, the turbulent, you know, uh, a go-go decade of, uh, of the 1970s. That and, and, and we even, I mean, just to touch on, we not only Union Rip, we got the custodian that comes in and, you know, they like, hey, scram for a bit. I got, I'm, I'm, I'm working my, my mojo here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that that could very well be, you know, a different part of it could be um, a certain level of intimidation. You know, I don't remember in that in that case, because it was I think that was from like the first the first article, if that had to do with with Indian or if that had to do with Sutton. But either way, you know, I could certainly see both of them as being bullies and um, they're bullying some you know, some custodian, night custodian guy, you know. Uh, right, right. Yeah. And I didn't know, I didn't know Indian, but I know Sutton. So Sutton was right. definitely a bully. Oh, there sure. No two ways about that. Right. I think we, he, yeah, thought, we both... he thought, he thought he was hot shit. Oh, undoubtedly. But, you know, I mean, the thing, the thing is, is that with, with Indian, I think we can assume, you know, I mean, it is, it is kind of odd that neither of us had him, but, you know, we both had, uh, had Sutton, but anyways, um, you know that that it may it may have been a situation where he was more primarily uh, a teacher, and the coaching thing was secondary. Whereas with with Sutton, I mean, he was he was a gym teacher, so I mean, it was basically you know there wasn't really a a big demarcation between the roles. You know, it's pretty much the same same thing. You know, so as for culture, I believe that this is something that goes far back, even beyond Kenmore, but it plays a part in Kenmore. Is that the idea that women are there to be do whatever you like? Yeah, there's a point with just the the male part of the culture. I mean, it, and it, honestly, if we were if we were you know thinking in these in these these you know certain certain paradigms, we could start linking it to just white male culture right. in yeah, America, absolutely. Um, and just I don't know if it's, of, yeah, I, don't, I think it's male culture, honestly, and male left unchecked culture. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think that sense of or or that it's it's even not just men being unchecked, but men being encouraged in this behavior by other men. You know, the, this is yeah. here's, oh, yeah. here's something that this actually kind of it didn't keep me up at night or anything. But I tell you, it really gave me the chills is just the idea. And a couple people had, had mentioned it. I, I know that Linda Ulrich Hogner and there was somebody else who had who had mentioned about the fact that everybody knew. And nobody did anything. Okay. So that means probably that Sutton knew what Indian was doing and Indian knew what Sutton was doing. And the very idea that this just kind of like, again, this, this white male bullshit, I just imagine these guys literally seeing each other in the hallway and being like exchanging a wink, you know, or that, that, that little, like, you know, that, sportsman, you know, pat on the butt thing of good job, buddy, you know, get on in there, you know, that sort of thing. But the fact is, is that it's very possible. Yeah, I mean, not, when, just, not, not just possible, it's probable. And yeah. and on top of that, I mean, we're just talking about the gym teachers. We don't know about anything else yet. I mean, and, and, yeah. and there's a lot of people, as I said, they, a lot of people bury these things and they don't even want to revisit because memories are too painful. They don't want to bring it up. Yeah. They've moved on with their lives. Sure. You know, and rightly sure. so they should, but it's it's these lawsuits that scare it's the only way that's ever gonna scare these districts, school districts, churches to like mm-hmm. stop fucking with our child children. Stop, mm-hmm. leave them alone, leave them to be innocent and be who they need to be. It's not your playground to do whatever you like. And that's right. what these guys look at is like I'm in a candy shop and I don't have to pay for anything. I can just go take right. what I want bullshit you know and with manipulation you know they could make certain that they weren't they weren't turned in or if they were or it was even discussed that in general you know people just weren't going to talk about it they weren't going to bring it up because they were they were white guys you know and just you know you know white guys in in the school system And, and um and don't get me wrong please there were (laughs) <laughs> the majority of teachers at West, whether I liked them or not, were just teachers. 
You know, sure. I mean, they were they were just some of them were amazing, like Ken Felgis, and then some of them were kind of mediocre, and and then some of them were scum. But right. you know, it's just it, it was definitely the uh, the minority that were scum. But the fact is, I think the point I'm making, and I believe it's it's yours as well, which is that they all have the opportunity if they wanted to. Right, and when you're practicing for so many years, and as a teacher, and in that environment, you can start seeing what you can get away with. So I guarantee you these guys, the first year or two, they just pushed the boundaries slightly, seeing how sure. they can get with certain students and then start recognizing patterns of like, oh, this this student doesn't have a father. Uh, oh, this student, you know, seems like the parents are never around. So right. and that's where things get pretty ugly. So uh, and so that's my thing is like these guys are operating and just like we hear about these Catholic priests or any uh, churches, they use right. they use right. this 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 system as they 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 learn the, the ropes on how to work within the system and then from there contort it to how they uh, can get their get their sick mm-hmm. um, pleasures out of it. Right. Right. I um. You know, unfortunately, and th- th- this part is actually far beyond the, the scope of our our podcast, but that, you know, the, the churches in general tend to be like hermetically sealed. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like there 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 isn't that, you know, I mean, you, you can watch, you know, the keepers if 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 you're yes. interested in, in actually if you want to really get some really dark stuff, but it, it oh. hits hits it right. Oh, my God. What a it's a Netflix documentary. Yeah. Definitely watch it if you're. These are things that you want to like learn about because, yes. man, that, that's a crazy documentary. The Keepers. It's it's absolutely incredible. But be warned, okay? Trigger central. Oh no, God! If you it have is, any it issues, is dark. It yes, is dark. seriously, seriously. And even though I don't believe, oh, I, I believe that the particular individual, um, well. I'm not going to give stuff away. It's their documentary. Watch it if you like, but uh, but be cautious. But um, unfortunately, one of the things that wasn't able to come up with was any kind of an indicator as of progress with uh, with the lawsuit uh, lawsuits. Pardon me. Um, and a lot of that does have to do with the fact that. Uh, the the actual like you know time frame because like it was a uh, September. Of 2019, and then literally uh, less than six months later, we're in lockdown. Yeah, you know, and the courts are shut down, right? So, oh, absolutely. This is all going to be dragged out for the next probably year or two uh, yeah. in courts and appeals and all sorts of pausing. I mean, lawyers love to just push these things out as long as possible. Sure, sure. So, yeah, I mean, as far as far as most probably. Uh, the, the the most we can look at in terms of justice at this point is going to be the fact that all of this was made public, that all of this was 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 brought to the attention of the public, that the names were named, um, that individuals, well, in, in one case, at least, you know, was forced to uh, take responsibility for for her uh, for her role uh, in in this uh, in this uh, culture. However small it was, right, but, that, right. Um, but that you know that, that that was happening. So you know we'll see if there's if there's um you know just we'll 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 do another search. Remember you know call the uh, the offices of Steve Boyd and see if there's there's any way that. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, so I think this just paints the picture of not only did we have Snake Land to deal with. Uh, potential Satanism, uh, a family completely murdered by a student, and suicides, and obviously the unsolved murder of Kathy Harold. Mm-hmm. Even in our school institutions, there were just these gross, lecherous men just walking mm-hmm. through the halls and just looking around to see who they could take advantage of. And yeah. you know, yeah. it, 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 it's it's a weird. It's a weird time, and you know th- these these two individuals, uh, Sutton and Indian, were were operating in the school at that time, most definitely, and and probably with you know a, a good deal of success with their with their teams. I bet you know, mm, right. I bet. But 
again, yeah, I just, you know, what's the trade off? You know, obviously uh, it's an issue, but bare bare minimum. I, I mean, I hope we can say that just because of, the attention being paid to this. And and I think uh, Maggie George and Lorna Berry made reference to the Me Too movement as giving them the push they needed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just to just to get this out there, to be able to uh, to be brave enough, you know, to uh, to, you know, to stand up and say it out loud. So. Right, right, right. So that that's that part at least I think we can be really really positive about and I think we'll see more of that in the future or hopefully at least you know, yeah definitely. yeah exactly hopefully the return to Snakeland podcast was created by Aaron O'Brien and Jason Gusman all music written and performed by Dotson Moon. If you like what you've heard, you can access more Dotson Moon music at dotsonmoon.bandcamp.com. If you have any information as to the 1985 murder of Kathy Harold, please contact us at our email address, returntosnakeland at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have an interest in further historic materials from the period or information on the Return to Snakeland graphic novel, please come see us at returntosnakeland.com. If you would like to contribute in order to ensure the future of this podcast, you can find our Patreon at patreon.com front slash returntosnakeland. Thanks for everything. See you next time.